Welcome back to the Hoddlecast. Um, wait, why don't you show people or tell people how it was playing volleyball last night? Who, who, who? Okay, listen. Yeah, that's how Cody <laughs> plays volleyball. That's the noise we, we were make. playing volleyball, and they start calling me a monkey. They said I was going hoo, 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 every time you something were. would happen, and you, I was. And you literally, I'm not like even going to lie to you, shamelessly. And then you were the Kraken. So Kyle was back there going like this, trying to distract. Yeah, the Kraken him. works. The Kraken defense. Is the awesome. Kraken defense. Usually, I have the crack defense, but this was the Kraken. That's a different thing. <laughs> well, for all the plumbers out there, yeah. Um, this uh, this morning, this morning, so something happened this morning, which is great because I knew we were going to talk about this. Something happened with my son this morning that I wanted to say, but before I do that, I have to tell you about this incredible pastoral appreciation gift that I got. Do you see this? Did yeah. you get to see this? No. Take a look at these. I see it's Browns colors with hot. It's Browns colors. Yeah, and look what it, it for, says. Describe it for the audio listeners. It's orange and brown M and M's that are custom printed to say "Thank you, Cody" on some of them, and Hotel, the church logo on the others. So I gotta say, it's pretty cool. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't even have to rank them. That is the best pastoral appreciation gift cool. I've ever gotten. It would be better if they were, um, you know, black and orange. That's disgusting, you Bengals fan. You guys were almost 0-3 last night. I just almost, you know that. not quite. But um, this was incredibly thoughtful. This is great. I want to say there are two other pastors here who are amazing, who I love, who if, if we don't need much. But thoughtful gifts like this where – you actually care about us, and you put time. And this is Melissa Moon got me this. This was so good. It's nice. It really. I mean, honestly, like a lot of times, I think people get it. They get all antsy about pastoral appreciation, and they think they have to do all these grand gestures. It's like this was amazing. I feel this like you perfect. shouldn't have eaten those though. Well, I can I tell you the like funny story? Can I tell you the funny time. story? I wasn't going to. I was going to leave them bottled up, yeah, and guess who cool. got into them? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. my children. So. Yeah, I was gonna say twig marks cat, yeah. but no, that didn't happen. But probably bad for him. But yeah, that's all you need to know. October is Pastoral Appreciation Month. Um, well, we don't shame, shameless plug. Yeah, yeah, shameless plug. But it it really this really was amazing. This just this is really warm really my cool. heart. Yeah. So um, we tried not to eat them all though. I'm, I can't stop cool. now. It's open. I mean, they are really awesome. So I told my wife the kids are gonna have to give me new ones. But yeah, um, so. Speaking of which, today we're talking about alcohol. Yeah. So we've been doing the series Vices, and it has been basically is because the Browns. You know, you're talking about the Browns as we're talking about like no things that make we're people not, drink. Yeah, yeah. No. So we're not doing that. But um, but no, we're talking about alcohol. And the series Vices has been it's been powerful, dude. Don't you? Think? I, I've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of work. But I, I've I think it. your your sermons have been spot on. I think. The sermons that we've had guests come in and do, the special portions of the series, like there's just been a lot. There's been a lot of things. There's been a lot of things that have been really fun, and and we have one more week of it. One so more. we have one more week of it. So and, and I have like honestly, twenty vices I want to do, and so I'm not. This this is like a bonus vice. Yeah. So I have to figure out which one I want to do now. And we we made a giant list. Yeah, and then I got to figure out which ones I want to do later. I think I'll it's do cool because next year. vice is two point or something. Yeah, I think. I think personally what I think is so cool is the fact that there's so many people who are affected by these 
that this really is a sermon for sermon series for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not like sometimes, sometimes when we talk, it's like some people tune in and they, but it's like the power of what we're discussing. These vices have affected, hurt, maimed, harmed at least. I mean, we somebody. have people that are, that are like a couple weeks sober mm-hmm. since the message. Yeah. So, um, that have made decisions to like get sober. And so, uh, I think it's real. This is real life for people. Maybe yeah. it's not your issue, but for people, uh, if you didn't hear the message, you can listen to it. We won't spoil it. But the spoiler is like, if you can't drink responsibly, don't drink at all. Yeah. And if you don't have boundaries set up for drinking responsibly, you don't have rules in place, then you shouldn't be drinking at all exactly. because you're not drinking in a safe way yeah. that honors the Lord because you're not, you're not protecting that you're not going to go too far. And if you have a problem, get help. That's yeah. simply it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And by default, if all else, just abstain. Yeah. So So I got I gotta tell you, this was really funny. Um, so this this all applies to this. And we were talking about this in your sermon, you talked about this a little bit, but my son Blaze, you know Blaze. Yep. Blaze is um Pretty eccentric. Is he the blonde one? Yes. <laughs> is he the blonde one? <laughs> There's two blonde ones now and a redhead. But um, yes. Uh, so so my son Blaze is playing, and it was just this morning, and I was sitting there and I had this profound thought. But he's playing just fine, okay? But there's this cool toy that he has that I'm like, I want dad. Daddy really wants him to play with because it's really cool, okay. right? And it's a Browns car, right? And it's so it's got the Browns helmet on and everything. Kid to yeah, because you know yeah. exactly early indoctrination. My dad did it to me. Yeah. It's it's just that's what Browns fans do. We just pass on misery. If you to want the him next to experience joy, you probably should get a different. No, team's yeah. Career. So 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 he he's playing. He's got all of his cars lined up on the table, right? This is what he does. He lines all of his cars up on the table, and then he pretend takes them through the tracks with Lightning McQueen. So Lightning McQueen teaches all the cars how to take them through the tracks, which is Good. awesome. Kachow, kachow, yeah. right? And I'm like, hey, buddy, why aren't you playing with the Browns car? Like, that's, you know, that's a race car. That's awesome. And he, he said, probably knows some things. And he said, he just looked at me and he said, why, why I got to do that? And I'm like, and I'm like, what do you, because one, because I said so, two, play with the stinking Browns car. And he's like, why, why I got to do that, daddy? I have all these cars here. And I just had this, I just had this, I know this is so stupid, but I had this profound thought. Mm-hmm. When you talk about vices, <clears throat> I was not the good guy in this situation. Like I was, he already had, he already had contentment. You were the bad guy. He already had joy. He, what he was doing, he was totally fine doing. Like, and, and he was, he was operating like a little boy should. He was just having fun. And I was trying to push something on him. And I, when we talk about vices, I think we a lot of times embrace vices because we lose or leave contentment of what's happening in front of us. And we have, we have to try and embrace something else. And in that moment, like he, my son taught me a lesson of like, he was just good. Like he didn't, he didn't need, he didn't need extra. He didn't need what I was trying to, what I was trying to push. And it's like, when you talk about these things, when you talk about drugs, when you talk about alcohol, when you talk about lying, when you talk about gambling, when you talk about, all the addictions that people um, that they have, I really think it comes down to it starts with a lack of contentment in some area, right. contentment with who God has made you to be and with what's going on in front of you. Because if I look at my beautiful wife and I look at my children and I look at the life I have, God has blessed me beyond comprehension with the life that I have. And if I could just be content in that, mm-hmm. I would be so much better off. 
Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, the problem is we're not content. So we want more and more. and We want other people to enjoy or do the same things we do. I mean, I've had a lot of people over the years I don't drink. So people are like, I want you to drink because you make me feel uncomfortable because I'm drinking around and you're not drinking. Well, I'm sorry, but like, I'm not, that's not a reason for me to drink just because you feel uncomfortable that you're drinking around me. Like, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I don't really care if you drink, but I don't need to do that for me. But we try to push our likes, our interest, our things on other people. That's what peer pressure is. And it's usually negative. You know, is that not usually positive? And so we have to understand that that's the problem with this concept of, you know, vices is and generally we want other people to suffer with the same vices so we feel less guilty. Yeah. If we're all being and bad, then, you know, then we're all bad. And then well, we don't have like, to feel guilty about how. It's the like, well, everybody else does it. <clears throat> yeah, there is this, there is a sense that like when other people do it, there's two ways you can go about it. <clears throat> you can go, everybody does it. So it's an excuse to do it. Or you can go. God's called me to something better, and just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's what's best for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the thing with I think the modern church is, let's see what we can get away with. And the more people that get away with it, the, they must be okay in Scripture. And mm-hmm. the truth is, it's not okay in Scripture. It's Things that are not okay in Scripture are not going to be okay. Like, if it's sin, it's sin. It's always been sin, always will be sin, no matter what culture says. Like, we're trying to rewrite the Bible now. Yeah. Um, to write like, oh, that that's not what it said. <laughs> like, we had 2,000 years of scholarship. We don't just all of a sudden know better. No. Sorry, I just don't agree with that. No. Um, I think we know we know what we know, and we've known it for a long time, and we've had the conviction of the Holy Spirit for a long time to tell us right from wrong, good from bad, and what, how to make wise choices. So when it comes down to vices, there are moral or wicked behaviors in our lives that we need to make better choices about. And so that can be hard. And especially something like alcohol. I mean, people struggle with alcohol. That's a real struggle in our society. Binge drinking is at, at like an all-time high, you know, people, which is people having four or five drinks in one sitting. Yeah. That's a lot of people. That's like a regular like Tuesday night for some people. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay because that's not how God created us to be. He didn't create us to, to go try to drink our, our day away. Exactly. We would try to drink to put ourselves to sleep, to try to drink to drown our sorrows. He, he created us to go out and live life together under the understanding that we are completed by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us and we have the joy that comes from above, not from a drink. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think when we talk about it, it's it's hard to... I mean, we've, we've had conversations with people because you and I have made the conscious decision that we're not going to... We just don't drink. Like, that's that's the decision that we've made. Like, and... and um, <clears throat> So, but it's hard because a lot of times people hear that and they hear that we are, we're basically sitting in judgment over them. Like somehow we're better than them because we don't choose those. I mean, things. we've been told that by pastors who drink that. Yeah. Like, oh, you make me feel bad. Well, you just, you're just, well, like that's not, that's not me doing it. I'm not making you feel bad. That's, you feel bad. Maybe yeah. that's the guilt inside. Um, maybe you're not drinking appropriately. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like it's an issue. It's like, why do I not drink? Because I know that I could get addicted to it. And, mm-hmm. I know that it doesn't allow me to have the best relationship with the Lord because, you know, I've studied this a lot. Like, why are why does the Bible tell us not to drink? Why is it we or why are these vices in the way of our relationship with the Lord? And I think when it comes to alcohol, and we'll talk about drugs in a couple podcasts, but they inhibit our ability to understand God's direction in our life because now our mind is controlled by a substance. It's controlled by a substance. It's not controlled by a creator, which means we don't understand right from wrong. Clearly, we're un we're incapable of choosing 
the right right in most situations because we're clouded in our judgment. And that means we don't have self-control, which is a fruit of spirit. And if we're being known by our fruit and we can't be known by our fruit because we're not in control, then then it's pretty clear that it inhibits our ability to have the right relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sin, this is, this is one thing my, my dad growing up always used to, used to tell us my, my brother and I both that like sin is equal. Like sin, sin has sin. All sin has the same eternal consequences, but not all sin has the same earthly consequences. Like in, and that means that when you sin, right, we're not sit, No one, no one has the ability to sit over judge in judgment of what you've done from a spiritual perspective in the, the matter of like, I'm not perfect. Like when you mess up and you do things like that's why the culture of honor, when it's, you know, assume the best restore, gently release bitterness. That process is such a biblical process because we have to assume the best in that person. Just like we want people to assume the best in us. We have to restore gently, which means that when somebody's stuck in a sin, it's, it's not, it's not beating them up over it. It's not beating mm-hmm. them up into in like beating a dead horse. Like you got this, you got to You know, it's, it's encouraging them. Hey, you can kick this. You right. can be done with this. You have the ability. Let's do this together. I'm, I'm in this with you. <clears throat> and when it comes down to it, when we talk about the, the spiritual consequences, that's separation from God. That's what sin does to us. That's why Jesus, uh, Jesus covering over our sins is so important. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the earthly consequences, though, that's where it gets muddled because right. there are different earthly consequences for different sin. There just are. Yeah. Like if you are an alcoholic and a gambler and a drug addict and you waste your family's money on drugs and alcohol and gambling and your kids go homeless, that's a s- severe earthly consequence. Right. It is the same it is the same eternal consequence. Sin is sin is sin. But it is a very severe earthly consequence. And the reason that we've talked about vices is because we really want to, we, we know, I know this and I know you know this, that some of the vices that people embrace have very, very ghastly earthly consequences Mm -hmm. and they, they just damage, they damage relationships, they damage friendships, they damage marriages, they damage parents and their credibility with their kids. And so when we talk about these things, it can come across as this very judgmental tone, like, hey, don't do these things. But it's important. Because, our tone is think first. Yeah. Think first, have boundaries, have protection, have accountability. If you yeah. don't, don't do it. And I think you've done a great job of making sure that people understand, like, we're all in this together. The Bible gives us a plan in First Corinthians 6. You know, is it lawful for me? Is it helpful for myself, others, and for the kingdom of God? And will I be master and slave? Exactly. And if you filter everything through that, most of the things you're going to say are good or not. Mm-hmm. Like I can't say that. I, I would say most of the time the answer for alcohol and drinking alcohol is don't do it. Yeah. Because we people drink in excess, especially in this culture. Yeah. And so does that mean that every time it's not okay? Well, no, there's, a, there's even an exception in scripture. You know, if your stomach's, you know, upset, drink a little bit of wine to help with, with your ailment. Like that's in scripture, so we have to be aware of that. But that's that's an exception. That's a rarity. It's not the norm every day. It's not like I need this to go to sleep. I need this to to get through my miserable day. Like when we're coping with with a with a substance, it's a problem, and it's always going to be a problem because that substance begins to take the place of what God has intended becomes its himself own to yeah. be right. Like like when you have a really bad day, 
you're supposed to trust and rely on the Lord. You're supposed to go to him in prayer. You're supposed to, you're supposed to center yourself on his teachings and you're supposed to take captive every thought to the glory of God. When you don't do that, especially with, with something like alcohol, when that becomes a problem for you, you begin to change your brain chemistry to when you have, when you have trouble or stress, your, your body is going to desire alcohol as the coping mechanism, right? right? Yeah, it becomes a coping. And just like any other, just like any other drug, just like any other thing that your body, you know, when they talk about narcotics after a surgery, it's like the reason that your body craves those is because you brought you, it's, it's, it's a crutch that's not making your body deal with the pain. Right. Right. So you could just get away with it. And like, it's the same is true when it comes to alcohol. It's like alcohol becomes an, a, almost an emotional support animal sometimes for people Yeah, where it's like, I have to have this to get through this. And it's like, no, like you, what you have to have, Right. What you have to yeah. have is prayer and you have to have a, a time where you center yourself on the Lord and you, you, you move forward beyond that where you start to heal in the real yeah. way. I mean, I think the thing I want to happen from this alcohol sermon in the series is that people stop drinking, not everyone, but like the people that have a problem who, who don't have rules to stop or they slow down mm-hmm. or they significantly think through how much they're drinking. They cut back. Mm-hmm. I would love for everybody to cut back. Because I think with the with the problem with alcohol is that it becomes too much too quick for a lot of people. And just cut back. Really just say, hey, you know, I've just cut back. I've made an intentional thing. I'm limiting myself. I'm going to cut back. You know, there are people that like the taste of it. I hate the taste of alcohol. So, like, I don't know. Like, it's not going to be a thing for me. But, like, if people cut back, that, that would be a huge step forward for us collectively as a church honoring God. Some people need to stop drinking altogether because they just can't handle it. Um, some people need to go to AA and they need to get into a, you know, some group to help them with their, you know, because it's become a problem. Like those are the things that need to happen. Does everybody need to stop? No. I mean, I think if people can handle it, they, there's different, different temperaments, there's different mm-hmm. personalities. The problem is we both know we're a personality that gets highly addicted to things, you know, yeah. if we're not careful. So, I mean, you can get addicted to eating those M&Ms, right? So I can, yeah. Um, monster drinks, ghost drinks, right? Energy mm-hmm. drinks. So we all got our thing. And like ultimately, we just got to be careful. And I think some people are not careful enough when it comes to this. And because you know culture pushes it, but the truth is, like Jesus didn't drink hard alcohol. He didn't drink distilled spirits. So, you know, I have a real, real struggle with people telling me like sit down and just drink like a fifth of Hennessy or whatever. Like Jesus wouldn't have done that. He just wouldn't have. Sorry. Like you could tell me that. Well, Jesus drank wine, so it's okay. They drank like. Fermented wine, but it was nowhere near the the proof that all of our alcohol is, and so it was not the same. And when we make those when we make those arguments, we're making ignorant arguments that that don't come from fact to basically push our ability to get away with whatever sin we're doing yeah. and and to embrace the vice that we're embracing. So we just need to be careful and recognize you know what's lawful, what's helpful, or beneficial, and what's going to enslave us. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, especially with this one, the testimony from. Jen Schubert, who came in, who runs a ladies' AA here at our church, who's very, very passionate about reaching people who are struggling with this. Um, I think that was huge. Mm-hmm. I think that was a huge thing for people because it connects us, and it go especially no, where no matter where you're, it was powerful to me, like because I was just seeing how it can connect people in a bigger, broader way, and to leave people in a place where they know this is the, this, the body of Christ is where you come when 
things aren't going well in your life and you need to turn to the Lord and like, it's okay to not be okay, right. but it's also not okay to stay that way. And right. you know, that's a popularized phrase. I think Perry Noble probably said it first, but I, I just think it's good. So it's, it's been fun doing vices. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's fun doing vices, but uh, I think yeah. it's been fun. It's always fun to watch life change. It's always fun to watch. It's life fun change. to see yeah. people embrace yeah. the understanding that they need to work on their vices yeah. and yeah. make some decisions, hard decisions. We've had people yeah. make some really hard decisions and have some hard conversations, which is good. We don't know about all of them. Mm-hmm. That's fine. The goal is: are people becoming more like Christ, and are are they honoring Him with their lifestyle, mm-hmm. with their choices? And if that's the answer at the end of the day, is yeah, I listen to this message, and I'm I'm gonna, I've made it a conscious decision to honor the Lord with how I do what I do and why I do it and how much I do it. Then perfect. That's, that's the goal. Um, and if that's what we want people to walk away with, so we can't give them definitive answer because these all don't have the definitive answers. Like, can you drink? Yes. If you do it responsibly. Um, but should you be drinking? That's a question that only God can, can convict you of to the Holy spirit. Yeah. There are some people who drink knowing their conviction is they should not be doing it. And they just do it anyways because, you know, whatever, it's culturally appropriate for them in their mindset. But that's not what the Lord wants for them. So I think the Lord has a plan for us all, and we need to be willing to embrace that and follow that and recognize he has better things for us. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, that's the biggest thing we can do for people is just help, help get them thinking. So if you're listening to this podcast, you made this far, just think about what you do and what you drink before you do it. And, you know, if you don't have boundaries, if you don't have rules, if you don't have somebody who's, who's, who's asking you regularly if you're doing okay with this area, then you shouldn't I, – I think you shouldn't be doing it. I don't think people should walk forth further from listening to this or the message unless they have an accountability person who's going to regularly check in and say, are you, how are you doing with alcohol? And they need to have rules set up that I don't drink past this point ever. And if you break it, you need to stop. Like I think if you break your rules, then you, you're sinning against – yourself because that that's the mark you set for yourself and you're sinning against the Lord who basically convict you to set that mark. So I think if you break your own rules, you should stop because you don't, you obviously can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the hard things for people to recognize is that's what sin looks like. And we need to, we need to have some hard conversations with ourselves. Yeah. Agreed. Well, this has been another episode of the huddle cast. You can check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded from Apple music uh, Google Play and Spotify podcasts. And you can also check these out on our website at hodlestrong.com. That's H O T L strong.com. Check us out on all of our social medias at hodlestrong. And uh, give and, us a like, you, follow. You yeah. stay away from the root beer. So yeah. We'll catch you later. <laughs>